Live to see it, friends, and welcome to The World Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At The World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us, and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-blogger, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great. Doing great. We've got a great show tonight. I'm looking forward to this one. Well, you know, we got a we got a fun title, Affordable Health Care. Here's what will really work. Always love setting ourselves up as the big experts on subjects that perplex the rest of the world, right? Uh, that's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> always always a fun always a fun way to you know start a start a week on a, on a Monday. But uh, I think we're onto something here. Uh, I, I actually I think we've uh, we, we we can we can make the case um, that where there have been efforts to make healthcare more affordable, or at least there have been efforts that have had that name, uh, healthcare has not become in my life uh, tremendously more affordable over the last few years. I don't know, uh, you know, your mileage may vary, but uh, we've, we've had a law in place now for a number of years called the Affordable Care Act, and uh, certainly it has changed uh, how some people have access to health care, but has it made health care more affordable? I think the general answer to that question, without getting all political, would be probably a no. I think if you ask most people, they would say that uh, health care has not become more affordable is that is that a controversial statement? I don't think it is. I think that's probably. I, I, I don't really. I don't really think it is, particularly with the rate hike that is like, you know, has to happen um, uh, this year. If you know, but then again, you know, uh, who, who knows what will happen with the Affordable Care Act this year too, right? So um, you know, um, anyway, that yeah, I, I don't think that's controversial or even political. Uh, I think that uh, you know, you just. Look, look at the bottom line of your family. Uh, you know what what's been spent on health care. If uh, if your if your health has been pretty even over the, the course of the last decade, uh, you could you know um, you know you, you could look at it and say you know what it's not gotten cheaper. If anything, uh, maybe marginally more expensive. So, and that's a shame. So you know maybe we maybe there's other ways of going about this. So yeah, well here's here's the here's the thing. This is as close to political as, as I'm going to get as we're likely to get on the show. But surprise, our solution to making healthcare more affordable is has nothing whatsoever to do with government and has everything to do with technology. Who, who would have guessed right. that we'd we'd come up with this answer? <laughs> uh, but uh, it's you know because that's how we roll. That's just how we roll around here. Um, it, 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 it's, some, it's some real simple things that are already happening. Um, these are things that are occurring now. These are all headlines that we're going to – these stories are all headlines that I just took from the past week that show how health care is becoming more abundant. This is how you actually make health care more affordable is you make it more abundant. Uh, the way you make health care affordable is you make it digital. You make it a, an information product, and you make it something that uh, – is accessible to you know accessible via new means and you make it work in new ways but hey rather than making a speech about it let's just examine some examples what do you say i think that's probably the yeah, let's get into it the best way to do that and our first story this is uh you know affordable dentistry this is you know how would you like to never have to go back to the dentist again well scientists may have found a way to regenerate our teeth uh, this is 
a story I've been looking for, okay? I've been thinking we would see this, and now here we are seeing it. Um, you know, there, there's been all this work over the last few years with stem cells, um, all, all this, um, this talk about regenerative medicine, and this seems like one of the most basic applications of both those kinds of medical technology, and here we see it happening, don't we? Yeah. Well, if, I think it was maybe a year, two years ago that we uh, first heard about uh, using stem cells to regrow a tooth, a tooth root that could then be capped, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a pretty effective means of not having to, you know, pull dentures out of your mouth and, you know, deal with that every night, right? Um, and, but here we're talking, about, uh, we're talking about something different here, that drill and, uh, and fill paradigm would be completely overthrown by this. You know, they're talking about uh, it's a biodegradable collagen sponge uh, with this particular type of, um, it's, a, it's a molecule, molecule called uh, glycogen synthase kinase. And we're just going to go with the uh, acronym there. GSK3, GSK3. As, as, as yeah, Stephen GSK3. and I like to call it, GSK3. Yeah, yeah. When, we're, you know, when we're not trying to be uh, you know, uh, impressive, impressive, right? We're going to just go in. <laughs> there we yeah. go. It's, they put on this biodegradable sponge. Stick it in the place where you've got a uh, cavity, and guess what? The tooth heals itself. You uh, you have a whole tooth, no cavity anymore. And um, you know, it seems to me that uh, having having gone the drill and fill route, uh, fill throughout you know my my uh, childhood and then into my early adult, you know, I, there are actually teeth that are, in, you know, that. Uh, you know, at some point, they just said, you know what, uh, maybe we just need to cap that tooth. It's more filling now than tooth, you know, twisted yeah. and evil. And, yeah. uh, and so, um, hey, that, this is a whole other way of looking at it. And you can have healthy, you know, filling-free teeth. And fillings, you know, that's another thing. Fillings sometimes uh, uh, cause problems that can come out. They, uh, sometimes they leach, uh, you know, things into your body that you, necessar- you don't necessarily want. It, there's just all kinds of things you can avoid by going this route. I love it, Phil. Yeah, well, it, the, the thing is, between the two things you described, um, the, the earlier breakthrough, which is just regrow a tooth, um, which my dentist isn't still, you know, is not yet talking about it as an option, but I presume it's going to become yeah. a treatment that's, uh, that, that's, that's available soon. Um, right. You know, that's kind of on the extreme end, right? You've already lost a tooth. You can, you can grow it back. Here, this is at the intervention stage. This is really yeah. where the rubber hits the road for dentistry, right? Because it all starts here. If you go into the dentist and you got a cavity and they fill it, and then, you know, five years later, oh, they got to refill it, or it's gotten worse, and now you need a crown, right? The, it's like this, this, this whole pattern of dental care is around this part of the treatment process, right? And if you, if you replace that, if you, if you replace that idea with filling a tooth, you are upstream from crowns, you're upstream from root canals, you're upstream from all this other stuff that occurs uh, that, that we'd normally think of as going to the dentist, right? All these, all these horrible dental procedures that occur are downstream from what originally started as a cavity, aren't they? So if, if, if you turn the cavity process around, if you nip that in the bud, um, you know, I, I'm sorry, Dennis, but we've effectively eliminated an awful lot of what you do. Well, 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 I, well I'm not really. What about, because, you know, why, why couldn't we, uh, instead of having to even do this in a dentist's office, why couldn't Colgate put GSK3 in their toothpaste, right? I mean, uh, to me, 
<laughs> you know, you, not only does does it prevent cavities because you know we got fluoride in it, right? If you've got yeah. cavities, it'll heal them. You know, I don't. I'll tell you why they couldn't. Um, it's because it's bound to be a prescription thing. That is the one. That, yeah, that's how yeah. the dentist will stay yeah. in business. We'll we'll go to them for the GSK three. That's what yeah. we'll go to the dentist get our teeth cleaned and to get GSK3 applied. Um, yeah. So, in fact, the dentist doesn't go away, but the whole, pleasant, the whole, the, the whole experience becomes that much more pleasant, right? And right, the, right. the interventions become less extreme, and the whole thing becomes more affordable because we're doing so much less <laughs> with our teeth. And, over the, and think of how much uh, nicer it would be to be a dentist. You know, I, my, yeah. my job is no longer torturing people for a living. You know, I'm, right. I'm, <laughs> I get to go in and have a nice day at work. Um, you know, dentistry is one of those jobs, uh, Phil, that uh, uh, depression is rampant. Yeah. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not even kidding. Uh, that's, that's, uh, um, and I think it's partly because people hate to come see you. <laughs> you know, you're, it's just an unpleasant deal all around. Well, you yeah, know, I've never thought good. about that before, but it can't be oh, any yeah. fun for them to get the drill out no. unless they're, they're basically not good people. I mean, you, you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my dentist is a very nice lady. I, I can't imagine she's yeah. into, like, you know, the fear that that, you know, invokes in people yeah. when they hear that sound. Yeah, yeah. Right? Unless that you're that guy from Little Shop of Horrors, you know. Yeah, <laughs> unless you're that guy, right? Yeah. And it can't be pleasant to to drill and fill on the other, you know, on the other holding the drill on, uh, and be on the other side of the fence. You know, it just it can't be good either, that way either. But anyway, right, uh, that's an awesome story, Phil. The next story, next story is machine vision helps spot new drug treatments. Now we kind of we kind of alluded to something similar, uh, you know, recently. I think about a month ago we were talking about how you know. The way to really address so much uh, in in the medical community is have you know AI drug uh, um, you know uh, testing basically where you know you have a you have a virtual Phil and a virtual Stephen and uh, you know virtual Phil has this problem and virtual Stephen has this problem and uh, we're gonna we're gonna do uh, drug drug grounds of treatment on this virtual person. To come up with the best possible drug for that person, and and and, but this is a, this is a little bit different, isn't it? Well, it's the same principle. Um, what what no. what 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 got my attention about this is um, the you know if you read this story, what what we see happening is they're going through and they're um, they're looking at this these cells at a much greater level of detail um, than they have ever have before. They're they're measuring thousands of features of the cell. Um, taking in a, just a lot more data points than they have in the past. And the bottom line is there's a lot to be mined out of that data. You, you know, they're, they're looking at characteristics of the cells that they've never looked at before, and then suddenly um, what's emerging is opportunities for treatment um, or possible, possible treatments that never, would have, um, that never would have occurred before. So on the research end, which is what, really what this is about, um, this, this, is, this is going to open up all kinds of avenues for treatment that weren't even on the table, right? That, that people weren't even thinking about before because, because well, it's, it, sitting, it's you, sitting there in the data and you, and you couldn't even see it. So you're basically taking one study that wasn't even about what you're, you know, uh, wasn't even set up to do what you're, you're the study that you're interested in learning now is about, but you, you mine that data and learn something about a, a totally different thing than what the study was originally set up to do. Is, is that fair to say? That's exactly, that's exactly right. So um, 
the principle applies. Okay, um, it's great for what it's great for what they're talking about here, which is that they're you know you know they're finding treatments and particularly for for rare conditions, right? That normally wouldn't even warrant, sadly, the research dollars, right? Because there's there's rare th- there's rare things that happen, and yeah. and the pharmaceutical companies aren't gonna aren't gonna spend money on trying to find treatments for those things because. There's no, you know, there's no market for it. Sadly, I mean, there's not enough people getting that condition. Well, now, now it's going to happen automatically, right? You got deep learning applied, and and it's going to look at the cells and it's going to say, well, also look, here's a thing to do about this, this rare thing that happens. So suddenly, um, treatments that didn't even exist or that, you know, were for these exotic conditions, where, you know, basically doctors were left to, to do experimental kinds of treatments for people or to do nothing at all right or to you know to misapply something you know to them you know i don't mean misapply but take their best guess at what might help um suddenly this can become standardized and there can there can be treatments developed for this because uh, it's uh, how am i I trying to say it's like it's no additional cost right there's no additional research cost involved in finding all of these other treatments for all of these other um, conditions. Um, so it's uh, well. It, let me throw out the quote from the CEO of this company. The company is Recursion Pharmaceuticals, mm-hmm. and uh, the CEO says this: uh, By combining robotics and machine vision, we can work at large scale on hundreds of diseases simultaneously using a small number of people. And so, right. you know, um, it's it's almost uh, like uh, you know, you know, what we were using before was a rifle. And um, we've just invented the shotgun. You know, yeah. we can we can hit, we can hit all these things at, at simultaneously. That's um, you know just just the economics of that, Phil. I mean, just you know, um, you're saving so much means you can do more if uh, you're in the business of uh, rolling out uh, pharmaceuticals, right? So well, yeah. I mean, uh, think, think think about if you know they it's it's a difference between. We're going to dedicate one whole lab of people to looking at this problem and another whole lab of people to looking at this one and another whole lab of people to looking at this one to we're going to go in and look for everything at once. So every time you buy a drug, you know, every time your doctor prescribes something to you um, and, you're, and you're paying for that prescription, in some sense you're paying for all the sunk costs, for all the work that went into identifying how this drug treats this problem, especially if it's something reasonably new now uh, you know you're going to have even if even if the initial research was looking for one thing right you're going to have all this other stuff coming along for the ride so it, it's, well, you know, so you know your your doctor could say well phil we finally found this drug that handles this tough problem that you have and it's it's a it's a brand new blockbuster drug and, and you're going oh crap i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to sec- put a second mortgage on the house right uh, how, right. how expensive is this brand new drug going to be uh you know uh, a buck a pill <laughs> yeah <laughs> instead of uh you know a hundred and fifty two hundred dollars a pill sometimes for for something brand new because it's they got to pay off their r and d right so um uh, that's uh, that's awesome. Love it. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it speaks to a complete reshaping of the economics of of drug development. As does the next story, um, yep. the first FDA approval for clinical cloud-based deep learning in healthcare. This th- this also talks about the economics, and it also talks about it in the same way. What I was what I was, what I was referencing earlier is just the idea of taking a problem, taking a domain problem like healthcare. And moving it into the 
into the digital realm. Everybody thinks that that has to do with, I won't say everybody thinks, but what's been described up to this point when we think about digitizing healthcare has been our medical records. And that's important, you know, having, having, having those digitized and having them shared amongst doctors. And that, that hasn't all worked out terribly well up to this point, but, but, but having that happen is important. But what's really important is getting the, um, you know, getting the re- research as we see in, um, you know, using machine vision to spot new treatments um, and in the diagnosis, right? Actually, actually, actually moving to the machine realm, a, a good portion of the work, you know, that's scary for people because they think, oh, well, you know, we need, we need actual human doctors to do that. But this, this really kind of improves on what doctors are able to do. This, this empowers doctors. Um, it, it, it helps them to make the, the diagnoses. And in, in this particular story, um, they, they give an example of um, diagnosing heart problems using medical imaging. The, the doctors just, you know, we're going to have a really hard time doing um, on their own. But you put the deep learning software in place and, you know, it's able to look at so many more images. It's able to make, you know, comparisons and build models that, frankly, the human brain can't do. And we're still in the very early stage of this. But if, if you read what's happening here and you multiply it out, you can see that th- this whole process is about to change. It, it is changing, and it's going to change drastically for the better, and it's be- going to become drastically more efficient, isn't it? Yeah. And in fairness to doctors, that's what happens in every field. You know, yeah. you first uh, you first f- digitize the old ways of doing things so that, by analogy, the old docs still, you know, they can understand kind of what, what you're doing, right? I mean, right. Uh, you know, when you digitize the uh, medical records, it's, it's similar to what happened in the legal field when, you know, you just replace the typewriters with word processors. You know, it's just, um, it's, you're still doing the same exact work. But now, the, the way that attorneys do work and the way now the doctors are, are, are doing work, the whole way of doing things is is completely uh, that that apple cart's being turned over and uh, and and so and it, it, it it's uh, it, and it's because of the power of what can be done um uh, you know uh, if we if we replace the old ways of doing things with stuff like this so that's that's exciting yeah i you know i think we 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 made the story we made the show about uh making healthcare affordable um but we don't want to lose in the process of discussing this. We're also making healthcare just so much more effective, right? That's the, yeah. that, that's, that's really the huge good news here. And I think it's kind of exemplified by this next story. Two infants treated with universal immune cells have their cancer vanish. Um, here's, here's where I almost hesitate to talk about stories like this because I feel like we do one of these every week and that we're losing the impact on stories like this. Um, is, the, is, there, is there any way you can overstate the wonderfulness of two babies with leukemia and the leukemia is gone, right? I mean, <laughs> that's just – well, I mean, is there a better news story to be found in the world than that, right? I mean, it's just it's uh, awesome. Think about the parents. I mean, and, yeah. and, and you know, I mean, there's, you, you, there's not any words, is there, uh, for – the gratitude that these parents have for, for you know and for what happened for their kids i mean uh and uh, cancer is just i mean 
Is there anything worse, I mean, than uh, cancer, and particularly when it strikes a child? I mean, uh, yeah, it, it is a scourge. That is like the humanity. worst case. Yeah, I think, I, you know, yeah. it, that's as bad as it gets right there, right? Yeah. For a parent, that's, that's right. the biggest nightmare you could have, I think. That's right. And, uh, and it's a scourge, and we got to, you know, we got to get rid of it. And I know, you know, um, and <laughs> there's been a war on cancer, I guess, since the Nixon administration, right? But it's right. the truth is, it it was a harder problem than we realized back then, and uh, only and, and it's and it's taken this long to really get the tools to address it directly. Um, and uh, I think you know we're we're on the cusp of being able to uh, make a, a cancer well, if not cure all forms all the time, at least, you know, make, make cancer manageable, right? And that's, uh, Absolutely. Well, that's and, a and, huge and, improvement. Yeah, if this story sounds familiar, it's because we have talked about something like this before. Um, the treatment is a refinement on a treatment that already existed. And one of the things that makes this story interesting is they talk about the fact that this, um, um, this what what these doctors have done actually poses a challenge. It poses a threat to Novartis and Juno Therapeutics, companies that have already been working on um, pioneering treatments that that do this same thing by by taking the patient's own blood cells, reengineering them, and then reinfusing them, which is a miracle treatment anyway. It's like you know we were talking about this. Uh, we have talked about this, and it's like wow, what a what a great treatment. This one is easier, right? They've taken somebody else's T cells, they've modified them slightly, they put them in, and at least in this case, bingo, right? It, it, uh, it immediately solved the problem. Because the great thing about that is, well, if you, if you find one good set of T cells um, and make the right modification to it, you've essentially got the treatment. You've got, I don't want to overstate it, but it sounds almost to me like, as I read this, you've got the cure for leukemia, right? <laughs> that you can just right. give somebody a shot in it. And, and, well, and I mean, uh, and remember our guest from about five, six years ago, Phil, that was the doctor, and his name escapes me at the moment. Maybe you can help me with the, his name. Um, that w- is working on basically blood transfusions from young, healthy people. You know, and you take these blood transfusions in the summertime when they're exposed to as much sunlight as possible mm-hmm. because at that point, their blood is, has, has, you know, their immune system is at its peak. And you, so you, you'd literally take a blood transfusion from these people and put it into cancer patients, and it helps them fight off. It was showing some promise in helping fight off cancer. I, I feel like this is, uh, you know, the next step in that research. You know, we're, yeah, his, we're getting his, his to name exactly is, that thing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to His name is Zheng Sui. And, in fact, yeah. we did – uh, we reran that show last week. So anybody who's been listening every day, um, you heard our interview with him. It was actually 10 years ago. Can you believe how, how fast time goes wow. by, Stephen, when we, uh, <laughs> when, when we spoke to him? But, yeah, this, this is a refinement on what he was talking about then. This is, um, this is kind of the next, the next stage of doing that, kind of the industrialization of that, the, the commercialization of that. Um, and uh, here we're seeing a highly refined, highly repeatable version of that that saves a tremendous amount of work um, and that you can that you can bring to market more quickly and that you can bring to market more efficiently and uh, with with less investment it's just it's just a good news story any way you look at it i i defy even my most cynical friends to look at this story and find something not to like about it i mean it's just uh, uh, it's 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 fantastic stuff and that finally that's going to lead us to the the most economic one the, the the most financial based story of them all here that we have tonight what happens when doctors only take cash 
everybody, especially patients, win. And this was obviously over on the Reason blog. So this one's a little more um, financially focused than the others. But, but I think it's important to note that um, in addition to the technological solutions, there are administrative solutions to, you know, to, to the, the cost problem too, aren't there? I mean, there, there, there are other ways of managing how healthcare is administered and healthcare is distributed that can make a big difference in what it costs to, to get healthcare available. And what I like about this piece, if you read this, and it also links to another story that was, uh, that, that was out last week and uh, talked about some of this at, at greater detail, you know, I don't know that doctors taking cash is the one and only solution for all of society, but it sure seems like it's going to make a big difference for some people as this as this model becomes more popular, doesn't it? It, it seems that uh, perhaps uh, health insurance could be something that is catastrophic. Health insurance, okay? If you if you have cancer or heart disease or something like that, then uh, then your health insurance would kick in. But if you got the sniffle, perhaps it's something that you. Uh, you put, you know, you put money down to uh, to deal with a cash-only doctor or something, or uh, something like that. It, and and when you've got, uh, uh, you know, um, skin in the game, Phil, like, uh, you know, in other words, it's your money. You make uh, you make decisions, uh, economic decisions, and and it leads to efficiencies. Uh, let me give you a, a, a quick, for example. Are you hearing me okay, by the way? Yeah, go right ahead. Okay. Yeah, um, there there is a town in my local vicinity I'm, I'm you know uh, aware of that uh, they have as built into their water bill is uh, unlimited ambulance service. Okay, I mean just if you want to, you know if uh, you know that's you're you're already paying for an ambulance with uh, with your water. We, we don't have time today, Stephen, but someday you're going to tell me how that rationale got worked out, how that got built I, into know, the water uh, bill. Well, po- you know, you just don't want to get into the sausage making of politics. I tell yeah, you. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's great. But, but anyway, that's an anyway. interesting. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, uh, you know, just standing on the street or, you know, or just being in that town is just, it's like ambulance after ambulance after ambulance. You know, you're thinking to yourself, you know, another person's got a, you know, someone down that way has got a, you know, uh, an ingrown toenail. And over here, this person's probably got the sniffle. You know, it's crazy. I I need to go see my buddy in the hospital. I better call an ambulance, right? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. That's a free ride. Because it's quote unquote free. Yeah. That's right, and it's it's uh, it's uh, and 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 that's a problem, you know, and, and you know, and it's something that's going to, at some point the the town's going to have to address. That's going to have to be, you know, you're limited to two or three ambulance rides a year or something. I don't know. They're going to have to figure out some ways of uh, addressing that so as to not bankrupt the town because it's a it's a little bit ridiculous right now. So yeah, I, to, yeah, to you, me. The, you know, the, the other analogy for that is, I, I say this as a small business owner, is paying your own taxes, right? Not having it withheld. Yeah. It's like if you write the check and you feel the, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, yeah. like it, it's meaningful to you. It has an impact in a way that it doesn't. If, if, you're never, if you're never actually seeing the ambulance bill and it's quote unquote free, you've got this whole town now paying, I, I'm guessing, an outrageous amount for water. Right, <laughs> because of all the ambulance rides, right? So, right. so um, it, because you because you can hide the cost. If you get the costs out there where people can see them, um, it, the, the the whole thing can become much more much more efficient. And and, and I'm guessing probably that they you know that because uh, uh, the taxpayer is on the line, um, 
you know, they're charging quite a bit for those ambulance rides too, you know. I mean, who knows oh, yeah. how much they're charging, right? That, that's right. The ambulance company doesn't, you know, since the, they're not, they don't have to deal with an angry customer saying, well, you, you charged me $600 for an ambulance ride? What do you, you know, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, they don't have to deal with that. So they, you know, uh, let's make it $1,000 for this ambulance ride, you know. So, so somebody's making a killing, and there's probably, you know, I, I, I'm not saying a, a particular town's name or anything, but who knows what kind of kickback is going from the ambulance company to the local politicians. But at any rate, it's... Uh, I, I just don't see it's it's not a system that can it's not efficient and uh, and, and 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 therefore ultimately will not be effective. Well, I think I think have. that 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 water bill thing that is a good analogy for kind of our our employer healthcare and and probably for most for most insurance plans really. I mean, um, it's the the whole thing gets hidden. You don't see how the sausage is made, and when you pay cash, then you do. And I guess our point here is because we're out of time. Our point here is. Let's converge these two things, right? Look up every other story we, we, we looked at tonight and the tremendous efficiencies that are being gained in providing health care and have a model where, by and large, maybe not for everything, but by and large, most of the care you get is a direct, you pay for it kind of transaction. The cost Hardly of doing those... At least a portion. Those, at least a portion, right? Yeah, yeah. Some, at some least percentage a you pay. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 cost, the cost of those items can go way down, um, and uh, that's happening at the same time that the efficiency and the effectiveness of the treatment improves. That, my friends, is affordable care. And that, my friends, is our show. We're going to be back on Wednesday with another amazing show. Stephen, great talking with you. Thanks for being with us. And until next time, live to see it. <laughs> 